Welcome to Open Door Philosophy, a podcast where a current philosophy major, that's me, and his former high school philosophy teacher, that's me, discuss a variety of philosophical topics, review famous philosophy quotes, and so much more, all towards the purpose of living a good life. Welcome to our first episode. Mr. Parsons, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, Everything is good in my world. Everyone I know is healthy and at school, we're in the. We just started the second semester, and so, you know, that time of the year, there's kind of one foot in the in the current year, and and one foot in the next year, planning for next year. So, wrapping things up, and at the same time, focusing on the future. But all is well, and it's a busy time. Uh, how are you? I I'm great. I think um, you remind me so much of the Tao Te Ching when you were saying all that. So it was throwing me off for a second. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm doing great. No no complaints or anything. I'm about to start school up, and uh, I guess it's two weeks. They extended our move-in okay. time a little bit, but okay, no complaints. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, so we want to begin these podcasts with discussing, or at least mentioning, what we're currently reading. So, uh, Andrew, what is what is on your current reading list? <laughs> you know, I had a lot of fun putting this list together because I feel like I'm in, I'm sure much like you, I feel like I'm in five or six books at different times, all at the same time. So I think the the real books that I'm reading, um, <laughs> I think the, the first one I'm really enjoying, I just started it. It's a Walter Isaacson biography of Albert Einstein. Um, hmm. I've, I've read a few of his other biographies and really enjoyed them. And, uh, you know, I just, just dove in and I'm, I'm really enjoying that right now. Um, so, so that's been great. And then second one's more fun. It's called The Name of the Rose. Um, it's like, oh, a- uh-huh. <laughs> I know that book. <laughs> I figured you'd would. Um, it's like an Italian medieval murder mystery. It right. kind of has, <laughs> it has some, a little bit of philosophy. My, one of my, it sounds really weird that I'm reading it. I know, but one of my teachers at school kept talking about it the whole year. And then I, picked uh-huh. it up. I was like, oh, it sounds kind of cool. So, uh, started that. And then finally I'm, I'm reading Plato's Republic, you know, uh, we're I'm <laughs> taking, class, <laughs> taking a class at school about it. And, and so that's been fun. Oh, uh, what's the, uh, what's the class about? Is it just the entire class is on the Republic? It's called Plato's Ethics, so I we're just mm. sticking a little bit outside of uh, Republic, but I think we're doing mostly that, and then covering Apology. And I don't know if you remember this. I was I was thinking about this when uh, I was writing that down, but I think the first time that we ever talked, I I was reading Plato Republic, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> we kind of talked about it for a few minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> was this like when you're? A sophomore or something? It was when I was turning in my slip to uh, to join IB. That does sound familiar. Oh, that's very funny. Well, it so doesn't get you more foundational than Plato, so that'll be a good course. <laughs> I agree. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. How about you? Any anything good? Yeah. So right now I'm reading a book called "The Philosophy of Loyalty" by Josiah Royce. Um, wow. So, so I read this book uh, called American Philosophy: A Love Story by uh, John Cag or Cag, and uh, 
and he writes kind of a a, a memoirish type book with uh, with philosophy sort of interwoven through it. So so in Cag's books, you you get a lot of if you will recommendations. Um, and so Josiah Royce was, was an American idealist uh, around the turn of the century, and uh, and and I, I can't for the life of me remember why I wanted to read the philosophy of loyalty uh, when I ordered the book. But uh, here I am months later and I'm reading it. Uh, so, uh, so it's very interesting. Um, it's about the idea of uh, loyalty being the, the greatest moral good. Um, and of course, there's lots baked into that. But Wow, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's good stuff. I, I, I like American philosophy. I think, um, I think it has its, its particular flair. Uh, that's interesting to me, but you know, the, the pragmatist and the, uh, the idealist and the transcendentalist, but, and then, uh, then the other thing I'm reading, uh, is just kind of my morning, uh, stoic reading, uh, right now I'm in the, I'm in the middle of Epictetus and his discourses. Uh, right. so that's, that's the, I, I read a, a page or two every morning and then I move on with my day. So that's, yeah, that's it. That sounds great. That's, uh, that's, I'm sure a great, very humbling way to start. <laughs> Start your morning. <laughs> yeah, it, it puts things in perspective sometimes. And Epictetus is kind of funny too, so gives me a <laughs> give me a little laugh every now and then when he when he gets uh, sassy with people. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I guess our first topic with this podcast, um, starting everything off, we wanted to talk about what philosophy actually is. I think that in many podcasts that or, or any any kind of philosophical adventure usually doesn't start with what is philosophy it's it's a term that's kind of thrown around a lot you know some people when when i was thinking of philosophy when i was younger I was thinking it was something that only really rich people did uh and their huge castles sitting by the <laughs> fires or uh-huh. something that was reserved for the past so mr parsons uh what is philosophy is it is it something where you're sipping on your whiskey at night or what is it <laughs> oh boy, this is such a great question. Uh, and of course, to start a podcast with, the, the more I'm involved in philosophy, the more this question becomes complex, which seems counterintuitive. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, you're right. Uh, this particular term, of course, is, has been around for, you know, 2,500 years or so. And there's so much association with it. You know, you think it's it's, it's something that I don't know, when I was growing up, you know, it's like something smart people do uh, or, yeah. you know, ivory tower academics do, uh, you know, and they, and they talk in language that's so difficult to comprehend and esoteric. And certainly there are some philosophers that are that way. Uh, Hegel, of course, is probably the most famous <laughs> For sure. uh, example. I think that everything that you're kind of alluding to, uh, I can resonate with in some way. I, I don't think that I have a a, a great answer, like like many philosophers, I think would feel like. Um, but the way that I've, I'm seeing at least right now, is taking it in this very literal sense of, of the word of philosophy. Um, I'm not great with Greek. Uh, I certainly can't speak it or read it or anything. But at least what I've been told is that philosophy translates literally to uh, the love of wisdom. Oh, like, yes. I think I think you taught me that first <laughs> oh yeah actually uh way back then so i've taken taken that to be pretty literal when i'm thinking what philosophy actually is 
Um, my approach to philosophy goes down that kind of route, but I think most most simplest, I think philosophy is giving us these tools to examine our lives, to mm-hmm. fall in love with this wisdom that's actually practical. I think philosophy can be used as a kind of toolkit to examine ourselves and the world around us by falling in love with this, falling in love with wisdom. Right. Yeah. I, um, you know, when, when people, when you meet people for the first time, you know, the, the usual question is, what do you do? And then, uh, you know, I'm a teacher. They say, oh, what do you teach? And I say philosophy. They're like, oh, well, well, what is that class about? That's a really hard question to answer because it is so many things, I think. You are right. You know, I, as far as Greek goes, I certainly will not pretend that I know Greek, uh, but I know, you know, I know enough to be dangerous. Uh, and I mean, you, you crack open any world history book or philosophy book, and yes, it's going to tell you that that philosophy translates to love of wisdom, and that comes from philios, uh, which is which is one of the Greek words for love, uh, and then Sophia is uh, is is the Greek word for for wisdom. So I mean, yes, like literally translated. You know, the love of wisdom Th- that almost brings up its its own topic you know, wisdom right. you know is, is that yeah you know like is that what philosophy is is doing if if you do philosophy is are you wise uh is, <laughs> you know, i think a lot of philosophers would say you know they're, they're not wise at all you know yeah. and you, you begin to you begin to ask exactly what what does it mean to be wise uh can one be wise how do you know wisdom when you see right, it? Right. Uh, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so so almost the literal translation of it, uh, it immediately creates a question. You know, that's that's really funny because I think this is kind of a theme that you can see all, all throughout philosophy. You know, uh, when you're trying to pluck a rabbit out of the hat, uh, philosophers usually can't find the rabbit. <laughs> uh, if, that, if that makes sense at all. But I think you know, just picking up something that you said about these great philosophers who we could, you know, we would think are very wise. They, they wouldn't consider themselves wise at all. I think that's, that's just something interesting to kind of note. Something that's been interesting, and as I've been reading this Einstein biography too, something that I've mm-hmm. noticed is, you know, philosophy isn't just dealing with, at least in my opinion, isn't just dealing with ethics, epistemology, learning about what is knowledge or aesthetics or, or logic. It's a much broader broader topic than that, even with science. Philosophy has a lot of roots in a lot of different things. And to just be um, stuck on one saying like uh, philosophy is about finding the best way to live or, or, or maybe something like philosophy is how we can live our most just lives. It's not as simple as that. Yeah, I think you. I think you really touch on something important. Understanding or thinking about philosophy is that it is so incredibly broad. Uh, you mentioned a number of branches of philosophy uh, just just a second ago. You know, and there there's certainly plenty of others. Uh, you know, philosophy of science, which you alluded to. Philosophy of religion is an entire field. <laughs> right. You know, you have you you mentioned aesthetics. Yeah, it, it's so incredibly broad. I have heard it referred to as the first subject mm. uh, because so many disciplines have 
if you will, emerged from philosophy throughout the centuries, like the right. sciences, uh, certainly the things, uh, psychology, uh, history, you know, physics, uh, there, there's uh, mathematics, of course. So many of those disciplines have, have come out of philosophy and, and almost in a way graduated from philosophy where these big questions were first asked. Uh, but yet philosophy is still involved in all of those uh, all of those disciplines. So, so, so I, I kind of like that definition of philosophy, not necessarily as a definition, but, but an explanation of philosophy as being the first discipline, that it's a, a very large umbrella, right? I think that's a, a great way to put it. And something that you've, you've kind of got me thinking about with that is um, maybe philosophy is something that you can't put your foot on. I'm using a lot of feet analogies. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's, our, that's good. <laughs> you can't put your your hand on it or your foot on it, but you can recognize it when you see it. Yeah, and and something else you said made me think uh, of the idea of like what's the end goal, if you will, of philosophy. And I think some people think that philosophy is after this idea of, of that there's some kind of truth out there that we can understand if we just really apply the tools of philosophy. Uh, you know, tr- truth with a capital T. From my perspective, and and the journey I've been on the last couple of years with philosophy, it seems that truth with a capital T is very difficult to come by, and almost that the work of philosophy, rather than being about the quest for truth, is is being about the quest. That's that's a great great way of looking at it. I don't think that think I've even realized that, but as you're saying it. I think it's very true. I think that that's what it seems like, not not just for us. That's how it's kind of looked for so-called philosophers throughout the ages. It's always been on this path, this search for truth with, uh, I guess, the undercase, undercase? lowercase t. <laughs> lowercase t. Uh-huh. Um, and people have been trying to find it. And, you know, there's this one really great passage, I think in the Credo, uh, written by Plato about Socrates' death. I think he refers to it here, and it's also in the Apology, but Plato's, or Socrates, excuse me, he's, you know, he's sentenced to death, and he, he considers for a moment if he should, if he should say, or I think he considers the position that they might ask him, you know, we'll spare your life, we'll let you go into exile if you give up the study of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Socrates famously says, you know, I'd rather rather die than, than give up this path and give up this search. That's definitely in the Apology, uh, not the Credo. <laughs> but it's right. such, a great, such a great moment in philosophy, I think. Yeah, it makes you think of uh, standards, I suppose. Um, living for something that that means something. Well, I don't want to go back to the philosophy of loyalty with Josiah Royce that I'm reading, but uh, you know he does talk about Socrates a, a bit. Um, and you know what was Socrates loyal to? It was to this idea that that inquiry is something that's important for our lives. Yeah, I think there's a good allusion to that. So I did look up a couple of quotes that I enjoy that sort of have to do with philosophy in and of itself. Uh, are you familiar with Mary Midgley? Uh, just from just from what we've talked about very briefly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Mary Midgley passed away in 2018. 
and she was 99 years old. So a British philosopher, she, uh, she, she passed away just a few years ago, but, but her very last book that was published the year before she passed away. So we can all only hope to be as prolific <laughs> as publishing a book in, in the year before we pass away. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, but her book is, um, what, well, what is philosophy for? That's the title of it. And so in her book, she says, I want to give you two quotes here to think about. Uh, she says, philosophy, in fact, is not just one specialized subject among many. It is something we are doing all the time, a conscientious, necessary background activity, which is likely to go badly if we don't attend to it. Well, I think that's, I'm just going to be repeating what I've said, but just just go on <laughs> all right i'm sorry that does kind of hint towards what we've already said Here, here's the second quote it's a little bit longer she says philosophy is all about how to think in difficult cases how to imagine how to visualize and conceive and describe this confusing world which is partly visible to us partly tangible and partly known by report in a way that we will make it more intelligible as a whole it is a set of practical arts skills far more like the skills involving in exploring an unknown forest than they are like the search for a single buried treasure called the truth. And because of this, it is far more concerned with the kind of questions that we should ask than how at any particular time we should answer them. That's really excellent. I, I need to check check her out. But, you know, it, that that last quote that you read got me thinking of one of the reasons that I I think that I got into philosophy more and more um, as, a, as a practical way of life, um, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, you know, uh, I was kind of jokingly saying that uh, when I was younger, I had this conception of philosophy for rich old people in castles. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> as, you, as you start studying and, and reading and, and practicing philosophy, you kind of learn that that's just that's not the case. Something that we've we've talked a little bit about, and I'm sure we'll talk about on this podcast in the future, is is about Stoicism, as you mm-hmm. talked about earlier. You know, for these Greeks and Romans and you know medieval philosophers all throughout those times, even now, they're not looking at philosophy as a way to you know stump their friends by giving them a famous trolley car problem. You know, right, uh, right. They're not doing it to try to trip anyone up or to confuse them. They're doing it practically and solely so that they may live the best life that they can live and to act in situations, act in tough situations in the way that they believe to be the best. Um, so your your quote just got me thinking about that for a little bit. Yeah, and I think if I can speak for both of us, that's one of the things we would like to have come out of this podcast for people who are listening is that that philosophy is something that is uh, necessary for a, a life well lived uh, in terms of how we define it uh, a life that is engaged with uh, on a on a on an intellectual level on an experiential level that is meaningful I mean I really like that that idea from from Midgley when she says it's something we're doing all the time whether we realize it or not, Philosophy is something we're doing all the time as a necessary background activity, she says. And then she sums it up. You know, it, it's likely to go badly if we don't attend to it. 
Right. So, you know, I, I remember in yeah. with ethics, uh, when I teach ethics and when I've been involved with, with books or lectures on ethics, you know, the, the ethics instructor professor will say, you know, we're, we're, we all have a morality. We all have a moral view. Uh, whether we acknowledge that we do or not, we do. And, and I kind of think that's a, a great way to look at philosophy as a whole. It, it's something we're doing all the time. Uh, we just may not acknowledge it consciously, but we certainly have a philosophical view of things. And, and the only way to find our, our way through the forest, if you will, um, is, to, uh, is to look at the map um, and uh, you know, get our compass out and uh, any other equipment necessary in order to, to get through that forest. Um, philosophy provides a, a great deal of those tools. You know, what you're saying is, is totally how I feel uh, the same. I hope that anyone who's listening to this podcast, thank you, by the way, um, can gain something that's practical. It, it reminds me, uh, I've been getting into Aristotle over the past year or so, and Aristotle's big on this point. You know, philosophy is meant to be helpful. And so I hope that's something that if someone takes one thing away from this episode, I think that's what it should be. Yeah, if philosophy isn't doing something to improve our lives, uh, then what's the point? I I totally agree. You know, um, I think there's, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've encountered this uh, just as much as I have, you know, at school, if I, if I say that, you know, something comes up when you meet someone, they ask you what you're studying and then tell them philosophy. Um, They're going to try to ask you some question that's, oh, have you heard of this? Uh batman and joker problem or uh oh i think this uh pig experiment is is really cool and like i don't even know what you're talking about i'm doing this to to live a good life or to try to live a good life uh those other things are interesting and cool but i don't really care uh what the joker does or uh you know (laughs) you know these armchair experiments they're they're meant to help us live better lives yeah, what you just said made me think of a of a quote. I wanna I wanna just put out here real quick, and, and maybe this wraps it up, and maybe it doesn't. But uh, so uh, Rilke was a early twentieth century poet. He has a very famous quote in uh, in a collection of his letters called "Letters to a Young Poet." He was writing to this young poet. He was an uh, Rilke was an established poet at this point. Um, and, and he had, uh, you know, letter correspondence with, uh, with another. And the poet, who's, a, who's a, a teenager, just has all these tremendous questions about life and about living. And, and, and we know, you know, through the ages of, I don't know, 15 to, to 25, not that the questions end at 25, ladies and gentlemen, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it is a period where we are breaking away from what was and moving into a, a new reality of, of being more independent people. And along with that comes a great deal of questions. And so as an encouragement, Rilke wrote this in his, uh, in his letter to this young poet. He says, be patient towards all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves. Like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign language, do not now seek the answers, which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And that is the point, to live everything. Live the questions now. And perhaps you will then gradually 
without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. And and I I think, boy, that really for me, I've got goosebumps right now. I love that quote. Uh, that for me just exemplifies what philosophy is about. Students always criticize and, and say, what's the point of talking about these questions? They haven't been solved in 2,500 years. Why do you think we're going to like solve it here in the next 45 minutes in class? And <laughs> right. Uh, right. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, and I'm one of those kids. I just happen to be older. Um, and the, you know, the question is not necessarily, you know, can we find this answer? Uh, the, 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 it's, it's cliched, but it's the journey, right? It's the journey in trying to seek that answer. Um, that uh, the experience of it is what brings you to the answer, uh, and the answer is likely not what you thought it might be. But uh, but anyway, I don't know if that answers what is philosophy, but <laughs> but uh, but there's my stab at it. It is it is the it is the study of of big questions, inexhaustible, inexhaustible, <laughs> intriguing questions that for some reason continue to, uh, to, to, to be a part of our, uh, experience as human beings and, uh, and generation after generation, we still think about them. And it's something that throughout this podcast, we maybe will, will change our idea. Uh, I don't know while we grow and, and learn and, and continue on this journey. Uh, this question will keep reappearing, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt that this will not be the last time we probably consider something of this nature. Yeah, so I guess that can take us to the uh, or the next segment of our show, which is uh, rating philosophy quotes. So now we're going to move over to our next segment of the podcast we are currently uh <laughs> we're working on a better title right now but i i guess temporarily it's called the philosophy quote corner uh where we the quote corner, yes. <laughs> where we rate philosophy quotes uh will it be on a scale from one to five uh, is one to five good with you that sounds great uh, uh, we can do points you know we can do like 3.5 if it <laughs> That way we avoid a 10 point scale, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that would probably be that'd probably probably be good. Okay. Um so the first quote um to start off this quote corner adventure <laughs> is going to be one of the most famous quotes, I think, in, in Western philosophy. A little bit of a sentimental side note. Uh every day that I, I think every day that I was in your classroom for the two years that I was there, I saw this quote on the wall every single time I was there and looked at it and, and read it over. Um, but this quote is from Plato uh, or Socrates. It is, the unexamined life is not worth living. Um, it's, I think, similarly in his defense speech in uh, Plato's Apology written in 399 or something. Yeah, so you've you've picked a classic here. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier today. I'm like, this is probably in the top five of like well known philosophy quotes. Uh, like, it's right <laughs> up there with "I think, therefore I am." You know, um, right? But uh, you know, just because Socrates said it, and uh, just because it's so well known, doesn't mean uh, we should not apply some some critical evaluation to it. 
So I agree. So how does how does this uh, how does this quote strike you, Andrew? You know, I think that Plato is is pretty revolutionary in a lot of ways, or, or Socrates. And every time, you know, when we first picked this quote earlier, um, I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about Plato's whole thing with reason and, and human nature. And he has this concept where um, he thinks that reason is an innately human gift. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so when we don't act with reason, when we don't practice reason, we're wasting this really important gift. Mm-hmm. When I read this quote, I kind of think of it along the same lines. You know, the unexamined life, the life without philosophy, whatever the life without reason However you want to say it isn't worth living. And, you know, I'm sure Socrates isn't meant to be saying, you know, you should commit suicide or, or, or whatever right. if you're not. Uh, but I think he's saying that something more like if you aren't using this amazing gift of reason, your life is, is being lived on autopilot. And that's not what a human life is meant to be lived. That's not how it's meant to be lived. Um, so that's a long answer to saying that I think this this quote is very, very groundbreaking, of of course, and and it's something that I think it's very it's it's a good reminder to think about a lot of the times. I think. Uh, what about you? What do you think about it? I mean, there's a reason it's hanging on my wall. Uh, it, it's a it's a foundational quote. It's a quote I I strive to live my life by. Uh, I do believe that uh, a, a life lived an awareness of yourself and the world around you uh, is, is a, is a life better lived. And, you know, whether that's Socrates or, or whether that's, you know, Henry David Thoreau's notion of, you know, we, we don't want to li- live lives of quiet desperation um, that we should live deliberately. I, I think all of these that's uh, th- tied up in that particular idea of the unexamined life, uh, you know, as, as, as a counter argument, and I did think of this earlier today, and, and, and you you certainly already brought it up. You know, I don't think Socrates is saying, you know, uh, if you're not living an examined life, then you know you may as well end it. <laughs> I don't think that's the point, and and uh, I just certainly don't want to put words in Socrates' mouth. But I always kind of got the notion from him, especially that he was uh, always so involved in the agora, which was the Greek marketplace. Uh, in talking with people about philosophy that that anyone is able to examine their life and that you know that can happen at any point in your life maybe you have lived uh, an an unattentive life for for many years and then now suddenly you do find a reason a cause to examine your life I, 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 I don't think that you know the idea of ending your life is is not the message the the message is at some point, you certainly do need to do this, and and that can happen at any time. I guess another counter argument would be like, well, okay, but what about ignorance is bliss, right? Hmm. I think Socrates would say, again, not wanting to put so- uh, words in his mouth, that would that would be very sacrilegious. I think from the <laughs> <laughs> philosophy point of view, but I think that Socrates would say something like, well, you know. In this case, ignorance is not bliss. If you aren't living a life that's examined, you aren't living a good life. You're not living the best life that you could be living. And, and very much like you were saying, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you know this is your first interaction with philosophy and, and you've never really 
examined your life, it's something that it doesn't really matter where you are on, on this stage of your journey in life. It's something that will improve your life or uh, make your life better, at least in Socrates' eyes. Indeed, indeed. Well, we haven't really discussed how we're, how we're going to roll out our rating here, but, uh, but, but how about you say your rating and then I'll just say mine. All right, out of five stars, Andrew, what, what does this Socrates quote rate? All right, I think that I will give this a 4.7 right Oh, now. we're breaking it down even further into points. Okay, uh, <laughs> 4.7. All right, no, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a part of me that really wants to, to blaze a trail here and be like, you know what, three stars for Socrates. You know, that'll really raise the eyebrows of the philosophic world. But uh, right. boy, this one's an awfully good one. Uh, and of course, it's one that resonates with me personally. I'm not going to hit. Boy, I hate to do it on the first first, first one out of the gate, but uh, I'm going to give this oh, one five no. stars. Wow. Oh, no. I don't... <laughs> I think that's that's not an easy one to get, but I think if if there was a one of those kind of top five quotes that you find on, online, I think this would be at the top of it for me. Um, I I can I certainly agree with you. It's <laughs> an ex- excellent excellent quote. Yeah, maybe one episode we'll have to figure out exactly what what makes a, a quote a good quote. Um, that seems like a very <laughs> philosophical activity, but. Uh, yeah, this one's a good one. I hate to give anything a, a perfect, you know, I'm not an idealist necessarily like Plato. Um, right. <laughs> maybe maybe this quote exists out there in Plato's world of forms as far as, as, far as the perfect quote. <laughs> of, course. of course. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good one. Okay, that's about it, folks. We'd love it if you would leave a positive review and hit that subscribe button whenever you listen to podcasts. By doing so, of course, you will know when new episodes drop, but it also can help encourage others to engage with philosophy, something that we hope will ultimately help lead towards a life meaningfully lived. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have any questions you'd like us to specifically talk about or address on the show, or you have any any episode ideas for us, please feel free to email us at opendoorphilosophy at gmail.com. The email will also be in the description of the podcast. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore Parsonage. That's P-A-R-S-O-N-A-G-E. I also have a personal website dedicated to my philosophical wonderings, a collection of essays. That is at curiositymanifold.com. Would love to see you there. So I, I don't have any current media platforms to be followed on at the moment, but I do have a few things in the works. So stay tuned. And in the future, that platform will be raised in the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. And remember, when your life seems in need of some philosophy, the door will always be open.